Welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And today we're going to do something a little different. Um, we're trying to wake up everybody. <laughs> I think everybody's kind of in a sleep right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's that, that time of year. I, I don't know, maybe last off season. Quiet before the storm. Yeah, like last off season felt really slow. And I remember thinking, uh, it's just a boring off season. The Bears are tanking and not really doing much by right. design. And this offseason's been slow, too. Um, you know, I kind of feel like Poles is in this position where he's like, okay, I got my stuff for right now. I don't think I need to really do anything more. Yeah, I, I think that's right. It, it doesn't seem like there's a ton to do that's really going to move the needle all that much. We've, right. we've talked about the pass rush, and there are still some options available there, but... It doesn't feel like at this point the Bears are going to be giving a contract to Yannick and Gakwe or mm-hmm. anybody like that that's anything more than a, a one-year deal. We'll see. Maybe there's a trade in the works, but it doesn't feel like that's even going to happen until camp, which isn't that far off. But, yeah, for now, pretty quiet. Yeah. I, I, the only um, recent uh, post that I saw, ESPN... I uh, had a post uh, talking about next year's draft. <laughs> All right. Well, not not specific players, but just um, kind of what they saw for certain teams. Okay. And Chicago's going to be a player because it has two first-round picks, and one of them they're predicting has a very high percentage of being in the top ten. Um, I think it was like 65%. Yeah, that makes sense. And... Uh, and uh, Chris brought this up as well. I guess it w- there was a similar article on one of the other sites about how there's a pretty high probability that polls will be looking uh, with that with the the first pick at defensive end, um, simply because there is going to be some really really good talent uh, right there in that top ten. You know, you'll have the quarterbacks going. Most likely, Chicago will not be in position to do the Harrison lottery. Um, but apparently, uh, as in that term, in that regard, uh, the counterpart of Harrison on Ohio State is getting, like, just as much hype. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, actually. I, I forget, I keep forgetting what his name is, um, but uh, apparently they think that the the duo might be the very best in college football. Yeah, I mean that that program just finds those guys. Right. I mean they they just year after year have somebody go to the NFL uh, highly in the draft, and then just here's someone else that's coming up and right. that we recruited, and that's going to be a freshman, and he's just going to be awesome. So yeah, Ohio State. I mean, no shortage of wide receivers. But to your point in the draft next year too, right? I mean. You said 65% that one of them is in the top 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty likely that both of them are going to be in the top 20. Yeah, so, I, I think that's reasonable. I mean, there's a chance they could get two really good pass rushers in the draft next year, and that might just be the plan. And, and yeah, I was thinking that, too. It was like, that does actually make a lot of sense. Um, right now, of course, it's your, you know, your primary suspects. Uh, it's a defensive end from Ohio State, a defensive end from Alabama, and a defensive end from Florida. So, <laughs> you know. Probably one from Georgia in there too. Oh, there's probably yeah, there is one from Georgia in there in there too. So actually, I think uh, I think the Georgia guy is is right there in that same group, and he's 
uh, the one that's taking over for Anderson. So he hasn't gotten that much play time because he's been right behind Anderson uh, for the last couple of years. But, um, you know, Poles has continually said that this is going to be a a process. And while we're we're at that shortage right now, I think that that big surge of personnel that we saw with the offensive line last year, defensive tackle, interior defensive line this year will be edge rusher next year. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah. So, um, so what we're planning on doing today is we are going to do a new segment, um, the All-Star Team of the Chicago Bears for the 21st century. 21st century. So we're going back to 2000 and and newer. Um, best player that we feel that is at that position. Maybe an honorable mention uh, behind that person. Some of these guys, of course, you know, their names are immediately going to pop out. You know, there's uh, at middle linebacker. I don't think we're going to have too much question there. So um, it's a fun but, trip down memory lane, though. Right. It, it, but um, it'll it'll be fun going through. You know, some of the other positions and and seeing who stands out at this point. Uh, obviously, you know, I don't think we'll probably include the, you know, at least last year and this year, simply because those, uh, those guys haven't really had a chance to show anything yet, but, um, uh, sure. Uh, so, uh, diving right in, uh, why don't we start at defensive tackle? Yeah. Um, the first place my head goes to is Tommy Harris. Is that who you were thinking of? Yeah, that it, it goes to Tommy Harris. Um, you know, I guess um, in that in that line of thinking, Tommy Harris would uh, definitely had the most impact right out of college. You know, first round pick, high round pick, um, came out uh, n- nearly one uh, was a, was a prime candidate for defensive rookie of the year. Um, ha- had a extremely strong showing, a lot of power, a lot of speed. Uh, certainly the kind of defensive tackle that we want now. Yeah, I mean, that that was the thing with him, is it was just the perfect combination of skill set and defensive scheme. And, yeah, he, he made that impact right away, and his career with the Bears didn't last too long. Right. At its peak, he was just absolutely dominant, and then he it got derailed by injuries. But, I mean... For that Super Bowl season, he made that defense go. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that was another thing is, you know, uh, mentioning that is losing him for the Super Bowl was huge. It was an enormous piece. Uh, you know, we lost Mike Brown and and Tommy. Mike Brown was gone, is the way I remember it, is probably about the third quarter of the season, maybe. Yeah, I think he got hurt in that Arizona game. Yeah. Which was pretty early on. And, yeah, pretty early on. And, you know, but Tommy Harris was there, um, looking back, he was there, uh, he started 11 games that year. So he was there a pretty good portion, and, you know, he would have, I mean, even in, even in 11 games, he still had five sacks and 12 quarterback hits. So, you know, he was really performing, now, that, I don't know what happened, you know, after that he had troubles with injuries and he just didn't perform uh, the way he had before. He certainly lost a step. Um, 
but I, I, I don't see how you really sub anybody else in that spot. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he, he's clearly top of mind as the most impactful defensive tackle, certainly in the 21st century that the Bears have had. And yeah, you, you, you prefer to think back on the good times. And sometimes in the NFL, great careers are short-lived, especially on the defensive line. It's such a physical position. And yeah, speed at that three technique spot is so important. So if you lose even a quarter step due to injury, then yeah, it makes a big impact. And and you see that when you look at his career progression, but certainly the highs were very high with Tommy Harris. Um, Honorable mention there that the next place my head goes would be Akeem Hicks. Definitely. I mean, that that's gotta be number two, right? Yeah. And I'm looking here to see if they're, um, you know, uh, that uh, Keem was, Certainly, uh, in the conversation for the best acquisition of Pace's entire time with the Bears. Like, one of the best Bears of the last decade, if if not the best. Yeah, and, you know, it was one that that Pace actually, he went and got a guy who uh, wasn't really that highly regarded by his team. Uh, They were looking to move on. Um, he didn't have to pay through the nose to get him, and the he, guy he came been cast off basically yeah, by two teams. Essentially, yeah, and uh, he came in and was not just big in plays, uh, but his attitude. That was what made him such a fan favorite. Just a you know, just an absolute monster on the field, true monster of the midway for real, uh, and. Watching the defense feed off of his energy was was a pleasure. It, it really was. And somebody that clearly had a strong desire to play well for Bears fans. And being a Bear clearly mattered to him. I mean, I, 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 he was on a lot of really bad teams, for one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of really bad teams. And that includes John Fox and Matt Nagy and... You know, for the most part, was was really productive. I mean, there there were seasons that got derailed by injury, and he did have some trouble staying on the field towards the end of his tenure with the Bears. But I remember in his last year, which was that awful Matt Nagy year, two two years ago, I I remember Hicks got hurt pretty early on, and we were kind of like, that's it, because the (laughs) Bears are going nowhere, and this is the last year of his deal, and why would he want to come back and and play one more snap for this group of idiots? Yeah, But he did come back, I remember. He came back and played one last game in front of the home crowd, and I remember it was just a a wrecking ball out there, and really made an impact on the game, in a completely meaningless game, and it clearly mattered to him to get out there one last time in front of the fans, which is kind of cool, because, again, when you're talking about defensive tackle, I mean... Any play could be your last. So for him to go out there in a meaningless game uh, in, in a year that he, he clearly was going to be in his last contract, year of his contract with the Bears, and he clearly wasn't coming back, I mean, that mattered to me as a fan because I was like, man, that guy, you know, he really wanted to say goodbye to the fans, which is what he said after the game. But, yeah, I mean, he was on the Bears, what, seven years? Something yeah, like that? I, was, um, I was just looking... It was something like that, though, and just I, I, mean, I think that sounds that sounds right to me. Yeah, and and so I mean, this is going to be a theme on this list, but 
just seven years, most of which were really bad, and just the energy and the effort he brought. And like you said, the defense really, really fed off that. You could tell when he was out there that the defense was, was different. So, yeah, I mean, that that's the honorable mention for sure. Um, is there anybody else that we're, I mean, we're going to miss? He was, uh, he was with Chicago for six seasons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to miss. And it's interesting because they have him uh, listed uh, – for Chicago as left defensive end. Uh, Not yeah. defensive tackle, but I certainly considered him playing defensive tackle. Yeah, but he, he played in the 3 4. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's they, why. For the most part, you'd have Eddie Goldman in the middle there. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're calling him a defensive tackle for this purpose. Right. Um, and, you know, so that's, a, that's good, a good transition because I guess you'd have to put Eddie Goldman in the conversation behind those guys, uh, those two. Uh, he certainly sound, started off strong, but that that whole thing with him taking the year off for uh, for COVID and then coming, you know, dragging on coming back and not being in very good shape when he did, and it, it was just like, what happened while you were away? It's probably what we were just talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, it's such a physical position that if you get a year off. And you realize that you don't have to be walking around injured all the time. And <laughs> you kind of look at your bank account and you're like, you know, I've got a decent amount in the bank already. Like, do I really want to go back and do this? Like, that's a position that you just really have to love football because you, you get your ass kicked play after play after play, right? Right. So, I don't know. I don't want to speculate with Eddie Goldman, but to your point, he did have some really good years there and yeah. was a really good draft pick. Just seemed that at the end that. You know, something changed, and that's fine. That's every player's right if they don't want to play anymore. But there were a lot of good years with him, and really a, a fixture on those Fangio defenses, especially the one that uh, got him to the playoffs. And, I mean, Eddie Goldman was a huge part of that because he, he really clogged up the middle and was able to get after the quarterback a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh, well, that those first few years, uh, we thought, this is Tommy Harris reborn. Um, and he did. He had a lot of the uh, the same traits, and he came out and he was strong. Uh, it was just after you know after what happened uh, he, that he that he disappeared as a player. But his first four seasons, uh, he 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 was very very solid um, and good speed. Not not Tommy Harris, but but you know. A, a, a pretty good replica. Yeah, different defense. Yeah. I mean, he was playing a different position than Tommy Harris, but really productive, to your point. So, uh, and a quick honorable mention to Israel Adonajay. Yeah. He, uh, I forgot that, you know, he primarily played inside. And, um, you know, he's he's listed here, and it's like, wow. I, you know, very, again, um, good acquisition. Uh, free agent acquisition. Um, he was. Wait, did we trade for him? I don't recall. We. Had, I think we traded. No, I think he was acquisition because he. I think he was originally undrafted free agent. Uh, but uh, good acquisition anyway. Um, you know, bear, certainly a bear for life. I was looking at this. Um, he had. 200 tackles and 28 and a half sacks with the Bears career. And 
you know, this is a this is a guy that um, didn't miss very much time. Uh, you know, the whole time he played with Chicago. Is this right? He was he was a second round pick in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, he wasn't even a first round pick in the CFL. That's hilarious. Yeah, what a career. Yeah. So yeah, it was a pretty big deal that he you know that he was able to make the transition. Uh, you know, was with the Bears for nine seasons. So that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty great career. Yeah, just an all time like pro, right? I mean, not not like spectacular Pro Bowl numbers, but you just go back and you look at some of these years. I mean, just very productive role player. Yeah, and that's you know you need guys like that. I mean, just somebody that is a rotational player that can go out there and make a play for you. Um, and yeah, Izzy. I mean, I remember him playing every position on the line, playing special teams. Stuff. <laughs> just a good bear for sure absolutely okay uh so defensive end yeah and like obviously this goes without saying like we're not going to be able to list off every good player the bears have no had. like we're we're trying to hit the highlights we're going to miss some but we're, we're trying to hit the good ones i mean i think that i think that four on the interior is probably in, in this in in this uh in this century is is probably pretty accurate yeah. in the 21st century pardon me so spice adams maybe or miss yeah anthony adams he would probably be your third string guy yeah um but like we don't have time to do seven str- set like <laughs> so yeah uh, but, another name um though i did notice is uh oh where is it here I, uh, Alfonso Boone. Uh, that's an old one. So I, I loved him. Yeah, I, you know, and he was kind of uh, in the same uh, in the same vein as Azriel Donajade. You know, um, uh, little known player made made, made good. Um, certainly was uh, you know one of those players that you could throw out there and expect him to make a play. So uh, edge edge rusher defensive end. We probably probably primarily been defensive in because they mostly were in the four three for most of the time. I think so. Um, do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. So I think number one for me is Peppers. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to not look at Peppers as the very best, even though we got him towards the tail end of his career. Yeah, I mean, I just the impact he made in his first couple of seasons uh, was just. So impressive. I mean, in, in his first year, there were conversations around him being potentially the defensive player of the year. That was the year I think the Bears went to the NFC Championship game. And when the Bears signed him, if you remember, going into that year, the Bears had had a couple down years, and everyone was saying, Lovey's on the hot seat, Angelo's mm-hmm. on the hot seat. So they went big in free agency and they acquired Julius Peppers and some other players that we're not going to name, but (laughs) Julius Peppers certainly was worth the investment for those first couple of years. I mean, he came in and played every position on the line, primarily on the outside, but he was a big part of that defense that went to the NFC Championship game and when you had him and Erlacher and Briggs and Tillman all still in their primes, it was a it really, was ferocious. really formidable group. And, yeah, Julius Peppers, I mean, like you said, we got him at the tail end. He wasn't a Hall of Fame player for the majority of his career with the Bears, but he was for the first couple of seasons. And to me, I mean, you know, it's kind of a similar story with Khalil Mack, too, right? We could maybe talk about the two of them together. I mean, they both 
followed kind of similar arcs where they were extremely impactful right away, but it just didn't last very long. I think Peppers was probably productive for longer than Mac was even. Yeah, well, and you know, the one thing, though, is uh, this is interesting because I'm looking at uh, sacks now, right? Peppers had a career 37 and a half sacks with uh, the Bears. But the two biggest guys, uh, um, I would have put them at second and third behind Peppers, but really their numbers are bigger. And that's Alex Brown and Adewale Gunley. Yeah, I mean, that's they just played longer. Um, Alex Brown had 43 and a half sacks and... Uh, Gunlier had 42, so those are your sack leaders of the 21st century right there. Um, and, uh, you know, both of those guys had long careers. Alex Brown, to me, is, is a story that I absolutely love because he was drafted in the fourth round uh, out of Florida. Um, kind of ignored a little bit, coming, especially coming from such a big school and a prime position. Uh, and just you know, was always there and missed very little time with, uh, injury. Um, and then a uh, was the steal from, uh, Miami. from Miami. So, um, and you know, a was, you know, certainly, I think he gets his name in there as far as top free agent acquisitions of all time. Was he uh, a trade? I thought he was a trade. Was he a, I think he was, a, he was actually a trade. I- but I mean, it. I kind of throw those yeah, in there anyway. For sure. But um, you know, e- either way you look at it, it, it wasn't one of those trades at the same time that we like gave up everything in the house to get him. Yeah, I remember. That's like one of my first Bears memories. Is, <laughs> is the Bears trading for Ottawale Agunlier? Yeah. Yeah, like you said. I mean, I don't recall them giving up that much for him, but. Yeah, I mean, really, really productive player and certainly a big part of that defense that went to the Super Bowl and played with the Bears a long time. And yeah, you're right. I probably should have mentioned these both of these guys before Mac because just looking at Mac's numbers, I mean, it's kind of crazy. He only had double-digit sacks once as a Bear. Yeah, and you know, that way, see, it's, it's interesting because when I think about Peppers, I remember him with a bit of disappointment. I remember his first year, just like you mentioned Mac, both of them, their first year with the team was dynamite. Right. Unbelievable. Like, this is okay. This is why we gave up so much to go get him. You know? But then my next memory of Peppers is him playing for Green Bay and wagging his finger at the crowd. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was like, yeah, they paid you a lot of money to go to Chicago. And I, so I don't know what you're... You know where you get off with this whole shaking your finger at the at the team thing because uh, um, you got you got paid very well for what you did while you were there, and he wasn't really there that long. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. Um, this is not how I remember it, but yeah, I mean, he, his so his first year he had eight sacks only, and then the following year eleven, and then eleven and a half in the third year. Yeah, I would have guessed that was in reverse, but. I, I do recall that it was more along the lines of just like unbelievable defensive play as yeah that was the year you know he also had the two batted fumbles that year that were interceptions right. or uh, two batted balls that were that were interceptions 
Um, you know, he was just doing stuff all over the field. And the defense is just so good, I remember. Yeah. I mean, I remember there was a game late in the year then the, the Vikings came to town, and that was when AP was running really hot, and I, the Bears just stuffed him play after play. And, yeah, I mean, like, to your point, right? I mean, unfortunately, th- even though the numbers were there with Peppers – and to a degree, Mac. I mean, it's not like Khalil Mack was bad. He just wasn't. Oh no, not at all. For him, yeah. It's just that the the team wasn't good, right? Like they they both kind of were similar in that their first year with all the hype, the team was good and the defense was good, and then it wasn't the same thereafter. Yeah, and yeah. Well, you know, with 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 Mac, right? Um, the thing is, is it's not that he was a bad player. It was just that they. Gave up a huge amount to go get him, right. and not to mention made him the fifth highest paid player in the NFL. Um, you know, you're not supposed to look at a guy's career when he gets when that many resources and that much money is given up to him, and go, "Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was fine." <laughs> it's like you know, he was supposed to be a wrecking machine in that that first season. He was. You know, I mean, other teams played us completely different as soon as he was on the field. That same thing happened with Peppers that same for that that first year. Right. But as the team as the team progressed, and like you said, the defense weakened uh, over the next two seasons with both of those players. They didn't make the kind of impact that they had that first season. Right. And the team needed them to make more of an impact. Because the rest of the defense was weaker. Right, yeah, that's fair. It's just like, you need you need those guys to be absolute game wreckers. Like, right. Win the game because of guys. And I know that's harder in today's NFL than it was even when, like, Peppers was playing. But yeah, that's what I will remember a lot about Mac was the incredible start and then the rest of it kind of just being pretty pretty average to slightly above average and yeah that's that's not what you paid for yeah so i mean you look at this and 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 you 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 look at the sack totals um you know alex brown is is first uh is second erlocker is third um and then uh then peppers is fourth so and mac is fifth so you know, I mean that that kind of that that kind of puts it in uh, in a better perspective. Um, but no, I mean it's not to say that either of those players was a bad player. They're both very good players. They just that that impact that, like you said, that game wrecker kind of mentality and impact that they needed from them didn't necessarily show up in the in the last in the last year or last couple of years, maybe. Yeah. I agree. Um, so you know that's uh, that's who we'd look at for. I feel like it drops off pretty quick. Who are the next couple names on there? Uh, the next couple of names would be well, they have a Keem Hicks listed as defensive in here, but okay. he decidedly played you know uh, mostly in the middle. Um, probably your next guy would be. Willie Young. <laughs> I was I, I was wondering uh, where he was and. Yep. I, I actually really loved Willie Young. I, mean, I did too. I, I just remember like they kept moving him around uh, in terms of position, and he had a couple injuries in there. And I just remember he always just kind of was there. I thought that was a great steal from Detroit. Yeah, getting sacks on bad teams. Yeah. So, yeah, Willie Young. Anyway. 26 sacks uh, career with the Bears. Um, <laughs> Philip 
Daniels. <laughs> Philip Daniels and Mark Anderson are the next guys. Boy, wow. That's not good. And, and, <laughs> and, and Mark Anderson, he, he, he had 21 and a half career sacks, and I'm pretty sure that he had over half of those his, his rookie season. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, so here's, <laughs> so. here's his sack numbers. 12, 5, 1, <laughs> Three and a half. <laughs> well, and if you remember, that's after, a Chicago Bear for you. After that first year, I think they they started him over Alex Brown in the second year. And I remember Alex Brown being mad about it, and justifiably so. But yeah, Mark Anderson. Oh yes, I do remember that. Mark Anderson, very much a, a flash in the pan, but you know, he, again, big contributor to a Super Bowl team. But that's God, he's the top ten. That's, that was. Um, Dick Drawn didn't that, did that. No, that was Lovey. Well, was it Lovey? Yeah, because his first, Anderson's rookie year was the Super Bowl year. Okay. All yeah, right. oh yeah, that's right. All right. Um, so, uh, well, so, you know, obviously some of these, you know, they, they jump right out. So middle linebacker, of course, uh, is, you know, there's no question as to who that is. Um, Erlocker was as good of a player as the Bears ever produced. Um, I mean, his numbers really are pretty, pretty crazy. Oh. Uh, And his impact on the team was as big as an impact of a a player can make. And I, I still, uh, even though Erlocker was a bit of a jerk towards the end of his career with the Bears. Yeah. Um, at, at the same time, uh, Erlocker uh, and and some of the other players in that same vein, Lance Briggs, Charles Tillman. I didn't like how those guys were kind of just shuffled off. Uh, you know, when when they could still play, and it was like, no, we're we're going to go ahead and move move forward. And you know, most of that was pace. Well, yeah, pace and Emory. What I remember about Erlocker specifically is at the end. They didn't like. I would have had more respect for it if they had just said, "Brian, we're going in a different direction." But I remember what Emery did was he offered him a contract he knew he was going to refuse. Right, and, and he took a long time to do it yeah, too. And that's just not how you want your franchise stars to be treated on the way out the door. I mean, there comes a time that and it was remember it was take it or leave it. Right. And, and, you know, there, there comes a time where guys are just done. And what I remember about Erlacher is that he was pretty much done. Yeah. Like, I, I remember that pick six that he had in his last year where he, like, was, he was like, rumbling and stumbling. And it looked like he could <laughs> barely move anymore. <laughs> and and so I, I understood at the time why the Bears didn't want him back. But, yeah, to, to do it that way, just, you know, there's, there's a way to do things and yet... You bring the guy into your office and say, "Brian, thank you for everything, but we're we're moving on." But yeah, I mean, for the for his his career, for the majority of his career, I mean, just one of the more impactful defensive players you'll ever see. And to do that at middle linebacker is even more impressive. But he he was playing a, a style of middle linebacker that you don't really see in the NFL before or after, just because not many players have that skill set where they can drop into coverage and take away the entire center of the field and then in an instant flip their hips and be back at the line of scrimmage tackling a receiver on a screen pass or a running back that got the handoff or whatever. I mean, so just 
an insanely impressive athlete, so much so that when the Bears drafted him, they couldn't figure out what position they were going to play him at. Oh, I remember and that. Dick, I was so excited yeah. when they when they picked him. Yeah, Dick Duran always says the worst idea he ever had was playing Erlacher at defensive end. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't know where to put him because he, he played safety in college, but you know he was such a good athlete that they, they thought he should play somewhere else. But Well, and he when he first came in, he played... Um, Weak side, right? Uh, for for Minter, right? Um, so looking at Erlocker's numbers here, uh, one thousand forty six tackles, uh, forty one and a half sacks, <laughs> twenty two interceptions, eleven forced fumbles, a hundred and thirty eight tackles for loss. Wow! <laughs> I mean, it's just like wow. Um, and you know, well, if, if you know, sticking in the in the vein of linebacker, his, his partner was obviously number two. Sure. Uh, Briggs was uh, such a fun player to watch, and you know, I remember uh, after Erlocker was gone and Briggs was still with the team, I remember looking at him just like Scottie Pippen without Michael Jordan on the team. It just <laughs> it it just seemed like you know something was missing there. For sure, and, and and not so much in the in it, just that the fact that they were such a dynamic duo, yeah. they played off of each other so well, and watching that was it was a treat. It, it really was. I mean, the two of them together. I mean, just the feeling you had as a Bears fan watching those two on Sunday it was like. Yeah, our, our defense is just more badass than yours. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Those guys are just everywhere on the field. They played together for so long that... Like, I mean, literally, they, they were sideline, both sideline to sideline. Yeah. So the, the the middle was just, forget about it. Yeah, and I just remember, like, the camera would flash to the sideline when the defense wasn't on the field, and the two of them would always just be sitting on the bench just going over the tape on the iPad or whatever. I mean, you could tell that they just had a, a very, very good relationship as teammates and that they were just really good at playing with each other right I mean that that was a a dynamic duo for so long and yeah I mean the the two of them I mean they they just made such an impact when you talk about sideline to sideline and pass coverage and and for a while like Briggs when he, he was really I remember when he just totally blew up Calvin Johnson going over the middle in one of those games, I mean, just just a lot of good memories with those two for sure. And I, I like you said, I remember when Erlacher left and Briggs, I think, played one more year, and that yep. was that was the year he like left training camp to go open a restaurant. And <laughs> I forgot about we, that. We had had clearly lost a couple steps, and like you said, just wasn't the same player at all. Um, you, you could definitely feel that. Erlacher leaving affected him as well in terms of performance. So, yeah, I mean, clearly one or t- one and two, probably just in in general when you talk about the Bears, but certainly at the linebacker position over the last 20, 23 years. Yeah, um, it, it looks like, uh, so I was looking at, uh, at solo tackles um, to see who would be third in solo tackles at the linebacker position. Roquan? It is Roquan. I did not expect that. Um, he he's third, and you know he he is he is a great player, and you know we've talked about him on the show many times. I, I, the only thing I didn't like about him was the fact that 
you know, we had problems with him on his contract when he was a rookie. They had problems with him on his contract when he was looking to get re-signed. It looks like they made him a very fair offer. He didn't, he didn't think so. And so, you know, Poles has just made it very clear that he will not be dictated to by the players. And I got to respect him for that, you know. It doesn't seem like he's cheap. It just seems like, you know, he, he's going to pay what he thinks is market on the player. And if they're really going to put the hammer down, I think Poles is just going to say, okay, we understand. Uh, good luck to you. Well, especially in that situation when it's a linebacker on a terrible team. Yeah. We don't know what it'll look like in a couple of years if the Bears are competing for a Super Bowl. But, yeah, I mean, when you talk about Roquan, I mean, I think the fact is, I mean, obviously really good player, top 10 pick. But, I mean, have the Bears had any linebackers that have played – Four and a half seasons, <laughs> other than Erlacher and Briggs and Hillenmeyer. There's the other a been one. there's been quite a uh, revolving door at, at that position, other than uh, those particular two players. Looking down the list here, I mean, just think about what it's been since Erlacher and Briggs retired. I mean, just Roquan, obviously, and then Danny Trevathan is another one that's probably worth an honorable mention. Yeah, the. Um, uh, so Danny Trevathan, yeah, he's he's listed. He's next, actually, right behind him. Hunter Hillenmeyer. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'd certainly rec- recommend that. But um, I can't even guess who would be sixth. Would it be like? Uh, I don't even know. Would it be Kwakowski? Like, yeah, or Jarrell Freeman? Maybe Jarrell Freeman. Something like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's there are certainly. When you start to get down there, you're like, you know, Kwakowski is right there. Um, boy, I can't, I don't see, I don't see anybody else. Because all the rest of the really great linebackers were in the in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, I mean, I can't even think of it. very many others that have been here more than one season. Not in the starters, <laughs> Right. I mean, think about like D- right. DJ Williams or... James Anderson, I think, was the guy. Who was the guy that let the fumble go right by him in the Randall Cobb game? I think that was something Anderson. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the one of the Andersons, right? But like that's Christian the- Jones. He was he was probably in there a little bit. Yeah, yeah Christian Jones actually has better numbers than uh, and a and a longer amount of time with the Bears than Kwakowski did. Well, I mean, part of this is like. Yeah, Erlacher and Briggs were just there for, what, 12 years? So, yeah, a, I mean, a lot of teams you're not going to see two players there for that long at the linebacker position. But, yeah, it has been a bit of a revolving door. And, I mean, there's been a bit of continuity recently with Roquan and Trevathan, but obviously they're both gone. And, it's on and Trevathan, a- you know, he, he was another player that we got him late in his career. Right. You know, so, I mean, his, you know, his last year was awful. Right, he was done. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I've seen a cooked player before, but he was beyond that. <laughs> uh, and and an, another one that came in under Fox, so was a good player on bad teams. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, was was impactful for a bit, uh, particularly in 18, but... I think he was the one they chose to re-sign after 2018, um, and that kind of ended up being a mistake because, yeah, he, he was kind of at the end of his career. And then, yeah, like you said, his last year, I 
think that was the COVID year. He was clearly not an NFL linebacker at that point. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it's like we were saying, Danny Trevathan and Hunter Hillermeyer. I loved Hunter, Hunter Hillermeyer. Everybody, you know, loved that guy. He's certainly a, an all-time Bear fan favorite. Um, you know, he was with the team for seven seasons. That's that's. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, when you had Erlacher, Briggs, and Hillenmeyer. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the same starting linebacker core for six years or whatever, I mean, that's pretty unheard of. But It, it really is. And, you know, that was one of those things where we had that as Bears fans for so long that we we kind of forgot that, you know, that that's a position that we, you know, We've, we've got to have strong players there. And, you know, Trevathan um, was certainly brought in as a fill. Right. Um, I mean, a, a high a high profile fill. But, I mean, nobody expected him to come in and, you know, uh, be a long-term player. Right. Uh, and, you know, that was also when Pace was... Uh, all, all wrapped up in his, well, we're going to make it to the Super Bowl pretty soon. And he was, you know, bringing in guys that were towards the end of their career because we thought we could just fill in guys at that point. So, yeah, uh, the next group down would be um, Christian Jones and uh, Nick Roach. All right. Well, we don't need to talk about either of them. Both both fine players, but nothing exciting. So, you know, so that's that's your... um, your linebacking core. So, uh, cornerback. Well, obviously, you start with Tillman. Yeah, I mean, there's no question there. I, I still believe that Tillman de- absolutely deserves to be um, in uh, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think it's really a disservice that he's not. I mean, was he the? Does he have the best production in terms of interceptions? No, but I mean, he he kind of changed the game a little bit with the peanut punch and he he didn't kind of he point blank changed the game and and now i mean there's not an nfl sunday or a college football saturday that goes by where charles tillman's name doesn't get brought up yeah because he invented that and just the amount of fumbles that he created and the amount of turnovers that were a direct result of his ability to do that I mean, I, I really do think that the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame is a disservice. And, by the way, also just really good cornerback. I mean, yeah, the, the, the peanut punch overshadows just how good of a player he was for how long. 36 career interceptions. Yeah, and I remember, I mean... In That's his, a lot of interceptions! And in his prime, I mean, he'd just shut you down. I mean, another another player, I remember some of his games against Megatron were great, where... Megatron was at the peak of his power and unbelievable peanut just went out there and shut him down. And I think people have, have some bad memories. Randy Moss too. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Oh, both of those guys are pretty good. Yeah. Like maybe some of the best receivers ever. <laughs> um, and I, I always would hear people kind of rag on Tillman because he did get beat. Yeah. But everyone gets beat. And sometimes that was, it may look like his fault, but not have been his fault because of the defense they were playing. But yeah, I, I think one of my favorite Bears of all time, and I think certainly should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I mean, and you know, it, well, when people look at cover corners, you know, the the guys that uh, that come up are, uh, you know, Josh Norman or D'Angelo Hall or 
uh, Champ Bailey or, um, you know, because those guys, you know, they stuck in that man coverage. And they had a little bit more speed uh, than Tillman did, those, you know, very top guys. But, But Tillman, to me, had a better overall game than all of them. Yeah. I agree. Um, you know, as far he as tackle too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was a wrecking machine as far as tackling. Uh, he just was such a Swiss Army player. You know, I mean, he 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 could just do it all. And then the fact that he actually created a defensive play is amazing. And it you know it's it's well known that uh, coaching staffs all across the NFL teach that now. But that's what's so interesting about going back and watching his plays now because you see that incredible laser accuracy he had with that punch. Right. I mean, it was as good of a jab as any boxer out there. It was, you know, it, it was like Mayfield's jab <laughs> on, on, a, on a football player. Well, because, I mean, like you said, everybody teaches that now. And do you ever see anybody do it better? No. Right. It's it's incredible to just watch the replays of him doing it because it's it's not like after one or two years, offensive players weren't aware that he was going to try to do that. Yeah, I mean he would do it. They would he would be running full speed. They would be running full speed, and he would somehow hit the ball. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was you know it's one thing when you pry the ball out when you're making that making the tackle and you've got them so that they're slowed almost to a stop, right? right. It's completely different when we're running alongside somebody. Absolutely. And uh, so, um, you know, I I just, I feel like it's, he is way underrated when it comes to that National Hall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Boy, honorable mentions. The guy I'm going to next is Kyle Fuller. You are correct. I, Kyle Fuller is next. I, um, I loved Kyle Fuller. I thought that, that that turned out to be such a good draft pick by Phil Emery. It really was a good draft pick. Uh, I mean, I, I was disappointed because I would have rather than traded up. But um, to uh, Aaron Donald. get Aaron Donald, who was the pick before. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, that putting that out of the picture... Uh, drafting Fuller was a, a great pick. Um, you know, he was a high pick and he was deserving of it. Yeah, he was. And for a while people questioned it, but he clearly showed that he was not overdrafted. I mean, his, his play under Nagy specifically, I mean, he was one of the most important players on that defense and he, he just really... Well, and there were some games where it was like, him. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, it was like, who's your secondary, Kyle Fuller? Who's the rest of it? I don't know any of their names. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Especially towards the end. But, I mean, really, really good player in terms of taking the ball away. He had a lot of interceptions, especially early on in his career. Um, And another guy that would tackle you. So, I I think he deserves an honorable mention. And then another guy I'm going to throw in there. Maybe he wasn't the best player, but was a bear for a long time. And another guy that would really hit you is Tim Jennings. Tim Jennings. That's who I also thought of as well. Uh, great all-around player. Right. Um, you know, certainly not the... Um, not, uh, not, it didn't have the ball hawk skills of, of some, but he, he did have a, a good feel of the entire field. And he, he certainly came across as... If you... If you 
if if you look past me, it will be to your detriment. Right. Um, it's looking looking at his numbers here. Uh, 252 tackles, uh, 16 interceptions. Uh, you know, you look at that. That's a pretty good career. Um, and he did it over five seasons. So, um, I, I and he was a team favorite. You know, he he certainly could get out there and they could put him at corner or or put him at nickel. I I think I remember even playing a little bit of safety. Yeah. So you know, uh, having a player that could be multi-dimensional like that is always uh, was always a good thing. Um, it looks like the best uh, as far as as far as interceptions go. Um, you know, Tillman is far and away the the number one guy there. Uh, Kyle Fuller. Uh, Kyle Fuller had 19 picks with the Bears. Oh. Another good one to throw in there. The Interceptor. Nathan Vasher. Yeah, I, I didn't want to leave him off. <laughs> uh, yeah. I always love that nickname. That's the a, Interceptor. Um, I'm famous, too, for his special teams play. He, he was a good special teams player. That was a good draft pick. Um, you know, that that was, uh, that was uh, one of the ones that we look back at and say, you know, that was, that was really worth it. One of the... You know, Jerry Angelo brought in some good players, uh, point did. blank. Uh, his problem was just that he didn't do a very good job in the first round. <laughs> so no, uh, but um, uh, but he did. He brought in good players, and uh, Vasher. I remember him being a fourth round pick. Yep, uh, out of Texas, and uh, he made a he made an impact right from the beginning. He really did. I mean, I think that. Famous returned field goal for a touchdown was his first year. And you still see that highlight. Oh, all the time. And obviously he got overshadowed on special teams by Devin Hester. But if the Bears hadn't drafted Devin Hester the following year, I mean, Nathan Vasher probably would have had a really nice career as a kick returner and a punt returner. Absolutely. In in addition to being a a starting quarterback, a cornerback that could take the ball away. So I, uh, you know, I, I... I think that's an appropriate honorable mention on here. I mean, it's been a lot of pretty pretty good corners. We don't have time to go through them all. Um, anybody else notable on the list that you think we missed? Um, let's see here. So the, the next, if we if we go down from there, yeah, we're we're dropping down, uh, you know, quite a bit. Um, oh, well, no, he doesn't. Well. He's he he'll he'll get an honorable mention. He's kind of squeaks in Jerry Azuma. Yeah. Um, he was from '99 to 2005, so he he fits the criteria. You know, it, it's it, Jerry Azuma now is one of the most fun bears to read. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know during the season. If you don't follow Jerry Azuma on, on Twitter, you definitely should. That's another thing that's kind of crazy. Just as a bit, of he's a, a crazy Bears fan. Well, and as a bit of an aside, like. The amount of like these guys that we've talked about that are still like in the media and covering the Bears is yes. pretty pretty wild. I don't know if that happens in other markets because a lot of times it's like the the bench guys that played a couple years, but like Briggs is in the media, Azuma, Tillman was. I don't know if he Tillman is very much. Yeah, Erlacher was until he had Briggs. Some it, Briggs very much. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool that so many of these guys we're talking about hung around in the media. Oh, and Zach Bowman. That was another one. Yeah. 
And Zach Bowman was a that was a, he he had a cool story too because he he really uh, had a strange path. Um, he you know he played one year at at Nebraska. Um, he came from New Mexico Military Institute. <laughs> I think, I think that was what it was. His problem was always injuries. Yeah, he he got he got dinged quite a few times, but when he was on the field, he was he was a solid player. Okay, so um, safety, safety, it's a safety. Okay, well, it, you know, it's pretty obvious uh, to me which one is number one. Mike Brown. Um, very few players had. The kind of impact that that guy did, yep. um, you know, if if injuries don't uh, derail his career towards the end uh, of his career with the Bears, those last couple of seasons, um, I he I don't know, he might have ended up as a Hall of Fame player. I mean, he was he was such an impactful player. Uh, very few players can read the field the way that guy did, and with uh, Briggs and Erlocker, that. That trio was just downright deadly. Yeah, I know. I mean, unfortunately for me, Mike Brown's best days were like a bit before my time. I didn't start watching the Bears till like 03, 04, but you, you still definitely saw the player he was when he was out there. He just Tenth most tackles all time. For the Bears? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's insane, right? It, it's like, it, it's just the fact is he just wasn't out there all that much towards the end of his career and... Oh, and he had 17 interceptions, too. <laughs> and what, four touchdowns? Yeah, Yeah, four touchdowns. I'm pretty sure that he's close to the... Yeah, he's in the top five. There's only... Uh, Briggs is number two in career touchdowns with five. Tillman is number one with eight. Yeah, I mean, just looking at his career arc, I mean, his first four years, he played every game. Yeah. And then... Two, twelve, six, and one. It was just a, it was murder. I remember how heartbroken and you know Chris and and Matt uh, certainly can attest to this. I remember how heartbroken it was every time he got hurt because it was just like, oh man, we just lost such a impact player for the team. And as we were talking about, you know, we lost him the year of the Super Bowl. Uh, if if Mike Brown and Tommy Harris are playing in the Super Bowl. I 100% believe the Bears win that game. I mean, the biggest play of the game was a busted coverage by yep, Mike by Brown's Daniel Manning. Right? So, yep. who was a rookie, so can't be too mad at him. But, yeah, if Mike Brown's out there, that doesn't happen. And then, you know, you never know. But, yeah, clearly num- deserves to be number one on the list of safeties here. Um, number two, I would have to... Give it to Eddie Jackson. Yeah, uh, that's what I was, and and Eddie, uh, Eddie Jackson numbers prove it too. Um, three hundred twenty-three career tackles with the Bears uh, certainly puts him at that in, in that position. Um, Ten picks, uh, you know. So, um, or wait, no, no, uh, that's you know ten, uh, fourteen picks. Yeah. 14 interceptions by Eddie Jackson. Yeah. And um and three uh um doesn't he have four touchdowns? No, six touchdowns. Yeah, I mean he had a ton in his first yeah. couple of years. So, you know, he's already skyrocketed himself to the, you know, to the top of the list. 
Um, I don't, I don't see how you, you move anybody else into that spot. You know, if it was so disappointing last year that he got hurt because he was playing so well. Yeah. And I really think that, um, that duo, uh, with Brisker is going to be deadly again this year. The, the thing is, is can he stay healthy? Yeah, we'll see. You hope so. Because I mean... It's pretty rare, kind of the trajectory his career has taken from being so good to being so ungood. <laughs> to yeah. Be, to, to finally kind of resurrecting his career when everybody had written him off. And yeah, to see him get hurt towards the end of last year was, was really, really painful. But hopefully, if there's a silver lining in that, it's that it allows him to get back early enough that he can continue playing at that level this year because, yeah, I mean, there's no questioning the talent and there's no questioning the impact ability when he's out there. It's just like you said, you know, health has been the concern. Yeah, uh, the next person that they have on here, um, they have him listed at, uh, well, they just have him listed as defensive back, is Michael Green. Uh, That's certainly who I would put third. Um, He was another player that had a really... uh, you know, hard uh, path ahead to to make the NFL, and he did. He played well when he had when he had the opportunity. Of course, I, I the way I remember it is that he was going out there uh, playing, uh, you know, a lot of different positions uh, all over the field. Never, he didn't seem to play one position, you know, all the time. Um, who else would be in this group? Uh, I, I got, I oh, don't Daniel Manning. Yeah. Someone that I always really enjoyed watching was Chris Harris. Yeah. Chris Harris he, is a, was a good player. He wasn't the best player, but I mean, just someone that when he was out there, you just felt confident that you were going to get a really, really, you know, steady NFL performance. Like wasn't going to be a game changer, but it's just a, a solid player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, um, uh, you know he had he had a long NFL career uh, for being you know for not being really you know he's a sixth round pick uh, you know out of Louisiana Monroe and uh, you know he he still had he has a nine season uh, career in the NFL that's pretty good yep you know. That's what I was trying to remember is when he left, he went and played for Carolina and then he came back and played for Chicago. Yeah, because I think the Bears traded to get him back. Maybe they traded him to Carolina. I don't. Was he in the Muhammad deal? No. Muhammad was a free agent, right? Yeah, Muhammad was a free agent. I don't know what his, what his, uh, I don't remember. I think, I, I just remembered him leaving as a, as a free agent. Um, but maybe he was part of a trade because he was only with Chicago for two seasons. Then he went to Carolina for four, and then he came back to Chicago. But, you know, it uh, certainly was, um, you know, I had his name called more than a few times with... Uh, he was traded back to the Bears for... Oh, he was traded to the Panthers and then back to the Bears. So he was traded twice. <laughs> um, here's a name. He was traded... To the Bears in exchange for Jamar Williams. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else we'd be really missing there in terms of safeties. 
No, I mean, that's that's pretty deep on the list when you're talking about Chris Harris. Yeah. Um, uh, the, um, uh, well, just to briefly touch on special teamers. So, Robbie Gold would be your kicker. Right. Uh, our, I think he's probably the best kicker in the history of the Bears. Oh, for sure. I wasn't around for, for Butthead, but yeah. I mean, Robbie Gold. Um, Gold is, you know, is better. Um, one of the, still, there is another super blunder by Pace. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, Returner, that's pretty obvious with Hester. But Punter would be, who would be Punter? Brad Maynard? Yeah, I think Brad Maynard. I think uh, I think that's probably a, a good fill there. So Fair anyway, um, we would we Pat, just wanted to Pat O'Donnell maybe, but Brad Maynard was better. I think Maynard was better. Ma- Maynard um, was the king of the coffin corner kick. You know uh, that was that was his really good thing. I, I have trouble with making Pat O'Donnell anything because he left and went to the Packers. I think Brad Maynard. I remember he was able to. Catch and hold a field goal all with one hand. So, <laughs> I, I, I remember him talking about wanting to pull that out in a preseason game, and I think the coaches told him he couldn't do something. <laughs> and you gotta, you gotta throw Pat Manley a bone too. Yeah, Pat Manley. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, uh, and you know, it's interesting because Manley uh, played the most games. You know, and. He when he left, we got Scales, and yeah. Scales isn't as good as Manley, and we got him later on in his career than Manley. But he, it was like two really great players right in a row. That's a weird question. Has long snapping in the NFL just gotten better? Because I, I feel like I remember like ten, fifteen years ago, like not too often, but like a couple times a year, somebody would fire a snap over some uh, over the holder's head or would, like, skip it back. I, I don't remember when the last time I've seen a botched long snap in the NFL. Well, it's um, it's because it's an actual position now. And because yeah. you, they, can't, they can't get hit either, right? Yeah. So It used to be, yeah, exactly. That's another big thing. But, I mean, it used to be, you know, you had backup guys that were, that were filling that spot. Like a backup center. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, you could, you could hit and, you know, they'd get nervous and... I mean, it's it's just it's not as tough of a position, and you have a guy that just trains all the time to to play that spot. Yeah, for sure. I guess that makes sense, right? You probably you, you, like you probably have kids that start long snapping now in high school, and that's just how how they, what they do. Yeah. Whereas like Manley was drafted as a offensive lineman, and they converted him to long snapper. So yeah, that probably is the answer. You're right. Is that well? And you got to remember those the, the guys that they get for that position. You get to be in the NFL as a long snapper <laughs> for as long as you want. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty great job. Yeah. Uh, what you know, Meathead for uh, for KFAN played for like ten years yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. So uh, you know that, that's a uh, that's a that's a pretty lucky spot yeah. to, to get to play in. Yeah. So I mean, and you don't even have the the tension on you that kicker has. Or punter. Yeah, you don't really have to make tackles unless you want to. So it's pretty pretty good gig. <laughs> it's a pretty good gig. So all right, well we, we got through the defense. Assuming nothing major happens over the next couple of weeks, we'll do a similar episode of this where we talk about the offense. But 
That, go, that, that, uh, that episode might be shorter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go go on uh, Twitter and um, and and, and uh, tweet us. You know, guys that um, your 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 honorable mentions. Yeah, I mean, I I was ta- joking with Tom before this is that there used to be a article series called "Let's Remember Some Guys," <laughs> where they would literally just write an article about random athletes, and they would just kind of like. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, that guy. I remember him. He was awesome. So if there's just like a guy on the Bears that you want us to remember, we'll remember him on the podcast. And and with Bears, uh, with the Bears uh, all time roster, there's lots of guys that you can say, I don't remember that guy. I didn't know he he ever actually played for us. It's a lot of guys from last season. That <laughs> I don't remember. There's guys from last season. I, that, that's kind of sad. I I was so excited to forget all of those players. <laughs> But I think that's all for this week. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be gone next week, so Tom might do an episode, or you might not hear from us. But yeah, we'll we'll see uh, how that plays out. But um, anyway, thanks for joining us today, and uh, bear down. Yeah, bear down.